All right, Mitch, thanks for taking a little extra time to talk about superstitions, which is your other expertise. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, uh, we'll, we'll, I want people to watch your show, Origins. Uh, you can get it through your website. I think it's incredible. You encapsulate these things in little two- and three-minute web, uh, little web series. Um, yes. I want to talk about some of the ones mostly centered around luck, and this has always been a, a thing that's kind of like – it's messed with my mind, Mitch, because – I don't. I don't want to believe in luck as a rational human being, but so many things yeah. happen, and I think that this is kind of the basis for you know to go back to your to the podcast our interview with you know occult and pagan beliefs is that I think a lot of yeah. it has to do with coincidence, and when so many mm -hmm. coincidences happen, when you do a certain thing, they kind of you know materialize into religious <laughs> beliefs almost. You know, mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about superstitions. So I. And again, I've mentioned I'm a rational human being. I will always knock on wood uh, whenever someone yes. either says something, Same. mostly to avoid jinxes. Where did this come yep. from? Same here. That's very interesting. It's a, a hugely popular tradition, and nobody can quite agree on where it comes from. Uh, there are some people who believe, I mean, look, in the ancient Hellenic world, trees were often considered repositories of spirits or fairies or uh, uh, some kind of uh, nature entities. And some people would knock on wood to seek the assistance of these nature spirits. Other people would knock on wood because they wanted to knock them out of the trees. Some people talk about mm. knocking the fairies out of the table or you know something of that sort. Early Christians would knock on wood as a representation that they were knocking on the cross of Christ, placing their faith in the cross. And you, know, you, so you have the practices with different rationalizations, both in the ancient world and in the early Christian world. And today, I think most people do it as a show of humility. That's how I do it. And I am actually quite religious about doing it. There's something I like about the tradition, because I think it shows that we never really know which way chance is blowing in. And I think right. reminding ourselves of how little is really under our control is is a healthful thing. So that's ritualized for me by knocking on wood. I do it all the time. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm a big sports fan. And I, I'm also, in my real life, I am the biggest jinx in the world. Meaning that if huh. I say something, either it will happen immediately or the opposite will happen immediately. Um, and I mm -hmm. can't tell you how many – this just happened this past Sunday where um, you, you're watching, for example, football. They're talking about this guy who has the longest streak. The announcers, they do this all the – I hate announcers. They do it all the time. This guy <laughs> has the longest streak of made field goals you know, in the history of the NFL. And what do you think mm -hmm. happened next, Mitch, as he's up for a field goal? Right, right. <laughs> Whips it way off to the right, you know? And right, I can't tell right. you how many times this happens – it happens so much that I've ritualized it and turned it into a religion. Um, and in, in baseball players, too, where they keep you know, touching certain things, the OCD disorder. Um, yeah. The, the Cubs yeah, one. Yeah. Why do you think people – where do you think this comes from? 
Well, it's interesting. You know, I mean, there's different ways of looking at it. Psychologically speaking, I guess you could say it gives the individual a sense of control, of security. It, it's a way of making us feel that something is under our uh, control that, that really isn't. It's an illusion of having a, a hand in our own affairs when really we're just more of a bystander. Uh, I think that's a reasonable way of looking at it. I would also say, perhaps unreasonably, but I refuse to uh, uh, exclude the unreasonable from the range of, of things that I, I consider as at least possible. Uh, maybe it's true. Maybe maybe it happens to be true. You know, I yeah. I challenge every journalist who calls me to ask me about a Ouija board or you know some other strange or arcane subject to exclude from his or her field of consideration the possibility that the people with the paranormal thesis are correct. You know, uh, some people say to me, you know, maybe the power of positive thinking has to do with some kind of uh, precognition. People think they you know say I was thinking about some and it happened, therefore my mind caused it. And they say, well, you know, uh, 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 allowing for the possibility that it may be a complete illusion, uh, which I won't exclude either, uh, maybe you had some pre-sensibility of what was going to happen, and you call that positive thinking. So, you know, you, you see some sort of a causality. I, I, I can only tell you that people have these rites and, 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 and rituals in the modern age who are effective, successful, uh, trustworthy, responsible. And there's a brain surgeon I know who said to me, you should always speak of luck with veneration. Never discount luck. We don't even really know what we're talking about when we're talking about luck. And he said, you know, on my operating table, luck will, you know, can mean the difference between life and death. So you should speak with humility when you speak about luck. And I've always felt that was a valuable observation. You know, my wish is not to promulgate one point of view or another for why this is happening. You know, I can talk psychology. And I can I can talk about woo woo stuff. My wish is simply to uh, keep the field open. Uh, life is strange, and it doesn't mean that you have to change or rearrange uh, your sense of cause and effect or your sense of quotidian responsibilities. But life is strange. So if somebody has a personal superstition, I would just bow my head and honor that. That's fair enough. But I and I think you know I think that your surgeon friend is is right on the money. With, with yeah. that, and I think we do some things that to kind of like capture luck uh, and to honor it in our own way. And one being the rabbit's foot, which is the weirdest yeah. thing in the world. Uh, Very weird. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> rabbits and rabbit's feet uh, were considered. Fertility signs uh, in the ancient Germanic world because rabbits are very good at breeding. So rabbits were often associated not only with fertility, but with cleverness, uh, with an aptitude for survival, with quickness. So the rabbit and parts of the rabbit's body were seen in the ancient Germanic and Hellenic world as being good for raising a family, starting a business, or bringing uh, yourself the blessing of fertility. Now, all this stuff kind of gets mixed up in a strange historical blender. Concurrent with those beliefs, um, actors would keep rabbit's feet very often in their makeup kits, particularly now I'm jumping ahead uh, to the in the, in the 19th century because they would be used for the application of makeup. They, they were the early version of of a powder puff, and actors were notoriously and remain notoriously superstitious. 
And after the synthetic powder puff was invented and it was no longer necessary to carry around a rabbit's foot in your makeup kit, actors took to them anyway and continued to carry them as a kind of good luck charm. And that seems to be the um, launch pad from which rabbit's feet became a popular novelty item in the early 20th century. And when I was growing up as a kid, you could go into a Woolworths or another so-called five-and-dime store and buy a purple-dyed rabbit's foot attached to a little brass keychain. Um, now we live in a world where we're more sensitive towards uh, the treatment of animals. I don't know if you can buy that kind of thing as readily anymore, but it was certainly very widespread when I was a kid. My sister had one. I had one. So sometimes you'll find that a particular totem or an object like a rabbit's foot uh, which, by the way, was carried by Franklin Roosevelt in uh, his election of 1932. Uh, you can, uh, I have a photograph of it. I should put it up online so your viewers can see it. But at the Roosevelt Museum and Library in Hyde Park, New York, they have the president's rabbit's foot <laughs> in, a, in a glass display case. So um, but it, things will, will, will go through a kind of blend of different things. You know, the, the you know, ancient Germanic people saw rabbit's foot as a totem of fertility. Actors had practical uses for it, but also saw it as a good luck charm. And, you know, from there, it kind of found its way into the hearts of novelty lovers and superstitious kids like me. So, you know, these superstitions will travel kind of a zigzaggy road where they retain some of their old meaning, but they take on new meanings along the way. You're missing one very valuable part here. There's a very specific foot and way that it has to be obtained and collected. Which is oh yeah left yeah leg oh my gosh during a full moon right. where'd that come from? Right. I challenge anybody to <laughs> you know really follow that to the letter. Yeah, left hind <laughs> leg during a full moon. Right, it exactly. Um, I think that probably came from a magical culture which is still existing in our country called hoodoo, which is an African American magical tradition that grew out of slavery culture. Uh, people who were in captivity as slaves were looking for ways to preserve ancient tribal customs and also to adapt themselves to new customs uh, that they found in America. And, and um, enslaved people in the 19th century created an extraordinary melange of magical and spellcasting and, and, and luck-oriented beliefs uh, and more and more uh, that went under the term hoodoo, often confused with voodoo, but an entirely different and freestanding tradition of its own. And a lot of our contemporary superstitions were influenced by or remade within the culture of hoodoo. So I think I think uh, that the development of, of what the idea you were just expressing about the, the full moon and the left foot and everything probably was a mixture of hoodoo and Pennsylvania Dutch folklore. Those are the earliest places where I've found that reference. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, okay, last one. The Lucky Horseshoe. Where does that come oh, from? Yeah. Does it have to be face <laughs> up, face down? Does it matter? The good news is it doesn't have to be face up or face down. You can do whatever you awesome. you can do whatever you please with it. Um, probably because the horseshoe is, is shaped somewhat like um, uh, the the moon in some of its its part moon cycles, it became associated uh, by the ancient Greeks with 
an object that had celestial significance and could bring celestial powers and influences down to earth. So the idea of the crescent shape, the crescent shape was associated with worshiping the deities represented by the moon. And it was a sign of good luck, good fortune, strength, prosperity to the early Greeks. And eventually, of course, it, it, it became uh, in a very practical sense, the, the shape of the horseshoe with a little bit of modification. And it, it, it has ever remained so from Hellenic culture up through uh, early Christian, Dark Ages, Renaissance, that horseshoe shape has remained with us. It's probably the one of, if not the oldest, continuous totemic objects in human history. Hmm. You would think people would get more ringers if it really had all that luck when playing horseshoes, but uh, it's a very difficult game. You know what I mean? Mitch? Well, I have one up on my bulletin board here. Actually, it surrounds a Catholic saint named Saint Expedite, and uh, so I have it here, and it's upside down. So rest assured, you can put it right side up or upside down. You're you're okay. Fair enough. Duly noted. Um, Mitch, I want to thank you again. Um, for everyone listening, Origins, the web series, you can find it through MitchHorowitz.com. Uh, there's plenty more, you know, weddings, the greatest occult collection oh, yeah. of rituals, uh, you know, the number 13 umbrellas, ladders, black cats, everything. Uh, you you kind of hit them all. Um, you got you to check it out. Mitch, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you. It's really been a pleasure. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks to everyone. Good night.